podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. In this series, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. In uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, this is where we get our series title. This is Paul talking to the believers at Ephesus here. He says, don't drink too much wine. Um, for some of you, that's what you needed to hear today. Other translation says, don't be uh, drunk with wine. That's, the Bible has the issue, or God has the issue with somebody being drunk. It's not the wine that he has the issue. It's being under the influence or the control of alcohol. Don't drink too much wine. Why? For many evils lie along that path. Notice what he says here. Be filled instead with the Holy Spirit and controlled by him. I, w- I want you to catch this. Paul is saying, don't, don't be under the influence of alcohol, what you need to do is be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The world's way is, is to medicate your pain and become under, you know, to, to, to become drunk or, you know, or, or, or fix the problem with, with alcohol. And it's not just alcohol, it's all kinds of stuff. But God's way, His solution is that we would be under the influence of the Holy Spirit or to be impacted or affected by the Holy Spirit. This, this is my prayer at all of our campuses in your lives, uh, is that your life would be impacted and affected and under the control or influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, last week, if you were here, uh, we showed you a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. It's actually recorded in John's gospel, uh, John 14, 15, and 16. This is actually the night before Jesus was to die upon the cross for the sins of, of the world. He gathers his disciples together, and he has a conversation. It's his last words before he dies. And he has a conversation, and in this conversation, he, he introduces to them the, the, the Holy Spirit and the role that he was to play in their lives. I, I just have to say this. If you weren't here this last weekend, you need to go online and download the podcast so you can get caught up. Such an important part of this teaching, this series, and, you know, there's no cost for that, so there's no excuse, and I believe that information will be very, very helpful. But some of the things that we found out that Jesus uh, said in those chapters is, first of all, he introduces the Holy Spirit, and we found out that the, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a force. But Holy Spirit is a person. We also found out last week that the Holy Spirit is not weird. Hello, somebody. We found out that it's people who are weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. I was at a baseball game a couple weeks ago, and I'm out there. And, man, I'm telling you, there were some weird people doing some crazy. And the more they drank, the weirder they got. But the truth of the matter is that doesn't make baseball weird. That's just people being Weird. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. It's just people in church that's weird. Um, it's just, just weird people. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. We talked about that last week. We also found out that the Holy Spirit is God. He's, he's God. The Spirit is, is God. And then we found out last week that he wants to be your 
best friend. I can't stress that enough. You've got to go back and listen to that. He wants an intimate relationship with you. And then Jesus, in that conversation, the night before he dies on the cross, he tells them why he's introducing the Holy Spirit and why they, they need his his, his relationship in their life. And he tells them that, that the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he's going to help you. That in a nutshell, what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, he said it over and over, is that he would be our helper. Now, the Bible dictionary defines helper this way. One called alongside in order to assist, I like this, and to aid in the affairs of life. In other words, the Holy Spirit wants to help you to be a success on your job, in your marriage, in your finances, in your health. It's not a church thing. It's a relationship thing. And Jesus says you really need to have this relationship with the Holy Spirit because he's going to help you. And in those chapters, it it talks about how he's going to comfort you. Does anybody need any comfort? That, That he would show you things to come. He would give you inside trading information. Not only that, for those that have senior moments, he says, I'm going to help you with your memory. Come on, this is some, this is some help that we all need, that he would be your strengthener, that when you felt weak, that he would come and he would stand by you and that he would strengthen you. Does anybody need any strength today? That he would be an advocate. That means a lawyer. Does anybody need to lawyer up today because you got a situation or you got a problem? Come on, he's your lawyer. So many things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives and Jesus basically sums it up in a nutshell that he is going to be your Helper. So Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit to them the night, catch this, the night before he dies upon the cross for humanity. Then he dies, and three days later, he's raised from the dead. We all know the story, right? But most people don't know this part of the story. After Jesus was raised from the dead, did you know that he actually spends 40 days on the earth just showing up and proving to different people that he's been raised from the dead. And, and, and what he does is he shows up to his disciples before he ascends back to the Father. The 40 days are, are almost up, and he gathers again his disciples for one last conversation. And guess what he wants to talk about? He wants to talk about the Holy Spirit again. And we pick up the account of that, 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 that setting, that conversation here in Acts chapter 1, verse 3. It says, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. It's crazy. He'd just pop into a room and say, hey, guys, and then he would go somewhere else. He'd just pop around, and, and it says, from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And then verse 4 says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, notice, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. Now, now, this is is in reference. This is in reference to what he had had talked to them about before he died upon the cross. Remember, I introduced him to you. I told you that he's going to help you. This is the gift of, uh, of the Father. Then he goes on to give another important detail in verse 5. John baptized with water... 
Now notice, these are, these are his last words. He's getting ready to, to ascend to heaven, to be at the right hand of the Father. Here's his last words. He says, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized. And if you was to read on, you would find that Jesus ascended. He left the earth, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Jesus tells them once again the importance of the promise of the Father, and then he commands them. One translation says he orders them, don't you leave Jerusalem until you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, for most of us, that's over our head because we don't, we don't know what this word baptize. We, well, I mean, we don't use that word in our everyday conversation, right? It's kind of one of those churchy words, but that word baptize is all through the Bible. Now, now, now we don't use it. We don't, we don't say to people, hey, I, I baptized my laundry yesterday, but that would be an accurate statement. But we don't use that kind of terminology. But in the church, that, that's, that's a churchy word, but the Bible uses that over and over. And it's important, hear me, it's important that you have an understanding of what it means to be Baptized. So here's the definition of baptized or baptism in the Bible dictionary. It simply means to immerse, to submerge. I like this, to overwhelm and to saturate. To overwhelm and to saturate. Now, the process of turning cucumbers into pickles really helps us understand what 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 baptism is all about. So I, I brought some things to help us today to hopefully keep you awake and off of social media. Here we have a disgusting cucumber. I mean, let's be honest. It, I, I can't imagine very many people at any of our campuses loving cucumbers. I mean, cucumbers, I mean, they're bitter. They're gross. They're disgusting. I was at a restaurant the other day, and I asked for water, and they brought me my water, and lo and behold, there was something floating around in my water. I didn't ask for vegetables. I asked for, it was a cucumber in my water. What are they going to do next? Put, put broccoli in my water? <laughs> Cucumbers are disgusting. On the other hand, pickles, they're, they're, they're delicious. They're, 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 they're just wonderful. They got they, they, they'll make you pucker up and, and enjoy life. And um, I know some of you are not agreeing with me, but I, I think I have most of you. In fact, I can prove to you that, that pickles are superior to cucumbers because when you go to Disneyland, <laughs> guess what they're selling at Disneyland? Not cucumbers, pickles. You can't go to the happiest place on earth and find one of these, but you can find one of those. Nobody's buying this to snack on. They're buying those to snack on, and there are some happy customers out there that proves that pickles are better than cucumbers. Don't you like it? Now, what's interesting What's, what's interesting is that the process that the cucumber goes through 
to become a pickle really helps us understand the process of, of baptism. Let, let, me, let me help you. What they, what they actually do is they take this cucumber and they will dip it into boiling water for a few seconds, and then what they will do is submerge it into a flavored solution, a vinegared flavor solution, and they will allow the cucumber to sit in that baptizing solution where it absorbs the solution, and that solution, that vinegar solution, actually begins to transform the cucumber the yucky cucumber, the disgusting cucumber into a yummy, delicious pickle. Now, what's amazing about pickles is that you can get all kinds of flavors of pickles. Some of you, you need to venture out a little bit. Maybe you don't like the sour pickle, but you know they got spicy pickles. They got Cajun pickles. They got cinnamon pickles. I'm not winning too many here, but, but this will win a lot. Do you know they actually have whiskey? Come on, somebody. They, they got some whiskey <laughs> pickles out there. Whatever flavor that the cucumber is baptized in is the flavor that it becomes. The Holy Spirit, listen, is the same way. When, when you get baptized, listen, when you get immersed, when you get saturated, when you get overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit changes you, transforms you into something brand new. You go from being a yucky cucumber to a beautiful, delicious pickle. I mean, when you are overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, when the the Holy Spirit saturates your life, you'll start tasting like the Holy Spirit. You'll start acting, come on, somebody, like the Holy Spirit. You'll behave like Holy Spirit. You see, when we get saturated or baptized in the Holy Spirit, you stop being, listen, you stop being bitter You stop being bitter and gross, and you become yummy and tasteful. I have a word for us today. It's time for Christians that go to celebration to stop being yucky, gross, cucumbers, and get some pickled going on in your life and become a beautiful, beautiful pickle. Turn to your neighbor and say... You're a beautiful pickle. (laughs) The reason why I went to that extent to give that illustration is to hopefully get you to understand the word baptism, that when you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, that, that saturation brings forth a transformation and changes who you are. Now, what's interesting, most people don't know this, what's interesting is that the Bible teaches about three different types of baptism. And this is what we want to talk about today. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 6, it's called the doctrine 
of baptisms. The doctrine of baptism, it's actually the foundational principle of our Christian faith. And, and most people don't, they, 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 when I begin to explain them, they go, oh, yeah, I, I knew that. But most people don't understand there's three different types of baptisms, saturations, that God wants you to experience in your Christian life. There's three separate experiences, and each one is absolutely crucial if you're going to live a victorious, overcoming, pickle life. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Come on, is anybody interested in this? Come on, is anybody at Elvercamp, is anybody interested in finding out about the three types of baptisms? Here's number one. Here's the first baptism. It's called the baptism of salvation. Now, we, we understand that, right? That, that's when you give your heart to Jesus. That's when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is where you become a new person and you are born again. Uh, the Bible says that you are saved and on your way to heaven. But let me show you this in the Bible. In Galatians chapter 3, notice what it says here in verse 26. It says, you were all baptized, right, submerged into, overwhelmed into Christ. And so you were all clothed with Christ. This means that you are all children of God, notice, through faith in Christ Jesus. The moment you believed in Christ Jesus is the moment you were baptized, submerged, overwhelmed by Christ in your life. You were born again. And the Bible teaches us that that is the very first baptism that we are to experience at most, most at our, all of our locations. Most of us have, have experienced that, that first baptism. We're Christ followers. And if you're here today, we're going to give an opportunity at the end of service for you to experience that first baptism. But that first baptism is where you simply just put your trust in Jesus and Jesus just simply saturates your life. You're born again, and you're on your way to heaven. Is anybody excited about being born again? The only thing you have to do, hear this, the only thing you have to do to, be, to receive this first baptism is simply believe in Jesus, and your life is submerged and saturated by Christ Himself. The second baptism, most of us are familiar with this one, it's water baptism, water baptism. And the familiar verse that we always use for this is Matthew 28, 19. It says, therefore, now notice very carefully, therefore go and make disciples. The make disciples is the first baptism because anytime you believe, the Bible says all you have to do is believe and you are saved. So therefore, go and make disciples or they're Christ followers. This is where the first baptism takes place. They believe. So it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. This is the second baptism. This is the water baptism, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The two baptisms are right there in that verse. When you believe, you are baptized into Christ. 
the next baptism that you need to experience in your journey as a Christian is this baptism, and this is being baptized into water. Being baptized into water is a public demonstration declaring that we are Christ's followers. When you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and you believe in Jesus, that's a private thing. But the Bible teaches us that we need to go public, that we need to have a public declaration of that. And that's what water baptism is, is where we go public and we identify with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And what's powerful, hear this at all of our campuses, what's powerful about water baptism is it tells us that that act of being baptized in water is literally where you are burying the old person and cutting away those old ungodly addictions and habits. And that's the reason why so many people, when they are baptized in water, come out of water, there are addictions and strongholds that are literally broken at that moment of water baptism. I'm here to tell you, if you have not been water baptized, you need to experience that baptism where you are saturated by God Almighty. Let me show you this in the Bible in Romans chapter 6. makes it very clear here. That is what happens in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. Come on, somebody. We're, so, we're, we're leaving some things behind. It happens in water baptism. When we came up out of the water, we entered into a new country. I like this. Of grace, catch it, a new life in a new land. Some of you haven't experienced that new life and a new land because all you experienced was the first baptism. There is another baptism that you need to experience. It's going public and it's burying that old man. Water baptism, hear me, I know this is kind of a teachy thing, but water baptism is a separate experience than salvation. Hear me, water baptism does not save you. Water baptism is simply a declaration that you already are saved. You don't have to be water baptized to go to heaven. Because if you have to be water baptized to go to heaven, then you're adding works into the equation. And the Bible says that we are saved by grace, through faith, a gift of God, not by works, lest any man boast. All you need to do to get saved, and most people, this is what they've done. They have been baptized into Christ, but they didn't continue on into the next journey of water baptism. Case in point of in Bibles, got other examples of this. Case in point of people going to heaven that were not water baptized is the thief on the cross with Jesus. Remember, the thief looks to Jesus and says, I, from this day, I believe in you. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. And Jesus looks at that thief and says, from this day forward, you will be with me in heaven or paradise. The guy didn't get off the cross and, and become water baptized. No, he died and he went to heaven that very moment. Water baptism is not what gets you saved. It's just a declaration that you are saved. Here's the third one. It's it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's what Jesus said to his disciples just before he ascends to heaven. Don't don't miss this. I know there's going to be a temptation to to drift off here, but you've got to catch this because this is what so many of us need. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is where you receive power to walk out your Christian life. 
the things that God has asked you to do, this is the baptism that gives you the ability to do those things that God is asking you to do. It's absolutely important to understand that you received the Holy Spirit within you in the first baptism. When you got saved, the Bible says the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of you. But I'm here to tell you there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit that is a separate experience after you get saved. In fact, let me show you all three of these baptisms. And I could spend the whole day just showing you references after references, but they told me they were going to fire me if I didn't shorten my messages. So, so I'm going to show you just one reference. Notice here Acts chapter, Acts, Acts chapter 8. Notice Philip. He's, he's going to go preach to some people. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them Christ. So he's preaching Jesus. And the crowds with one accord paid attention. Hello. Paid attention. Fresno, Madeira, Clovis. They're paying. They weren't on social media. They were paying attention. That's just a good word for somebody right there. Paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean, this is what happens when you pay attention in church. God can do something amazing. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. In other words, signs, wonders, and miracles were taking place in this church service. The lame are walking. The blind are seeing. The supernatural acts of God. <laughs> Lean over to your neighbor and say, you better be paying attention. Come on, we need a move of God at all of our campuses. And notice what happens. So, so, so Philip, he's preaching Jesus, right? He's looking to get people saved. Notice what happen, happens here in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But now the people believe, first baptism. All, all it takes is, is you got to believe and you're baptized into Christ. So they're experiencing the first baptism. But now the people believe Philip's message of, of the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, getting ready to see the second baptism, many men and women were baptized. That is water baptism. They were baptized, the Bible says. That's second baptism. Acts chapter 8. Notice what happens after this. Verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem, they're not even in Samaria. They're in another city. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, in other words, they had the first and the second baptism, they sent Peter and John. These are the big dogs. These are the big apostles. They sent Peter and John there, and as soon as they arrived. So they're, they're, they're in Jerusalem, and they're going to travel to Samaria. We don't know how long it's going to take them, but as soon as they got there, the Bible says they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit, the third baptism. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, catch it, and they received the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's the third baptism. Come on, are you catching this? I hope you're catching this at all of our camps. I'm just trying to show you that there are three baptisms. It's the doctrine of the church. And I'm trying to show you it's a pattern all throughout the Bible. You see it in the Old Testament through types and shadows. It's all played out in the New Testament. And this is what I'm trying to get you to see. God, listen to me. God has a journey for you. And he wants you to experience all three 
baptism. It begins, first of all, with the baptism of salvation, where you just simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are saved and on your way to heaven. But so many, so many people stop there. There, there's, there's, There's more to the pattern. There's something else that you need to do. You need to go public with your faith. You need to be water baptized. And I want to encourage you, and I know this is a little bit of a commercial, but all of our campuses in the lobbies, if you have not been water baptized, go out to and find a Dream Team member. Go out to our walls and sign up for our next water baptism. It's an opportunity for you to go public, and it's an opportunity for you to bury some old habits, some addictions, and things that have been plaguing your life. There is power in, oh, I'm preaching better than your shout. There is some power in water baptism. God never intended for you just to experience the first baptism. He wants you to go on and experience the second baptism. But even after the second baptism, hear me, church, there is more. God's got a journey for you. He wants you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be baptized. He wants you to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. Here's what I got to get you to see. These are three separate experiences because they're three different things. And I'm here to tell you as your pastor, you need all three in your life. It's not enough just to be born again. It's not enough just to be water baptized. If you're going to live this life out, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is this so important? Because Jesus said it's important. In fact, fact, I'm I'm, I'm getting close to being done here, but you got to hear this. Jesus, remember, before he ascends to the Father, before he goes back to heaven, he spent 40 days, and he tells these disciples, guys, don't you leave Jerusalem. Wait until you be endued with power. Notice Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Here's what he says. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city. Notice, until the Holy Spirit comes. This is the last words of Jesus before he goes to heaven. He says, guys, this is so important that I had to have this conversation before I go. You need to stay here until the Holy Spirit comes and what? Fills you. This is a baptism. Fills you with power from heaven. Why Is this third baptism important? It's because that's where you get the power. That's where you get the power to live the Christian life. In fact, Jesus said, here's another account of Jesus saying the same thing, Acts chapter 1. Last conversation, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is the third baptism. The first baptism gets you to heaven. And if you're only going to do one of them, you've got to do that one because you need to go to heaven. But I'm here to tell you, there's some things that can be buried in the baptismal waters. But I'm here to tell you, if you're ever going to live in victory, have great marriages, have great kids, have great family, have great finances, you're going to need to have some power to do. Like, oh, I'm preaching better than your child. You're going to need to get some power to do what God's asked you to do. That word power in the Greek language language is dunamis, where we get our English word dynamite. You know what happens when you receive this third baptism? You become spiritually 
spiritually empowered, like spiritual dynamite in your life. Some of you, you're thinking right now, maybe, maybe, this, is, maybe this is my problem. See, I believe this is why so many believers live defeated lives because they have not experienced this third baptism. Listen, if all you want to do is go to heaven, do the churchy thing, receive Jesus as Lord, I'll see you there. But if you're tired of being beat up and ran over, you're always losing, you know, getting the short end of the stick and you're always defeated. Listen, if you're tired of living that kind of life, I'm here to tell you this is the answer. This is the reason why this is so important. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's what empowers you to live a victorious life. For you to reach your God-given destiny, you're going to need power to do it. You can't do it on your own ability. I have a question for you. What if what is difficult could be made easy? I'm here to tell you, the third baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is exactly what you need. Think about it. We don't have time to dig into it, but it happened in the disciples' lives. They did exactly what Jesus told them to do, and they went to an upper room. The Bible says for, for 10 days they, they prayed, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, that they received power. It's there in Acts chapter 2, and then it's played out all through the book of Acts, the same event of people being baptized in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what's amazing about these disciples, I want you to catch it, these disciples who were fearful, in fact, Peter himself, remember when Jesus was being crucified, he denied Christ, ran away, but now he's there in Acts chapter 2, and he has been empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know what he does? He steps up to the plate and begins to preach his very first message after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says this man that was denying Christ just days earlier leads 3,000 people into the first baptism, the second baptism, and the third baptism. The book of Acts is actually the acts of these disciples doing great exploits empowered by the Holy Spirit. In fact, it was even said of them in the book of Acts that these disciples, these men, have turned our world upside down. They didn't do it because of the first baptism. They didn't do it because of the second baptism. They turned their world, their city, their Fresno, their Clovis, their Madeira. They turned their marriage, their fine. They turned it, they turned it upside down. In other words, they got, got into it. Why? Because of this third baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to look again one more time at what Paul says here. We read in the beginning, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. We're getting ready to close. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he says again, don't get drunk with wine. That's the world's solution. Just, just you know, medicate your problems. You know, the, you, this, this is the solution that the world offers, and, and I'm not here to badger anybody. I don't have an issue with some of that, but I'm here to tell you that's not your answer. Here's your answer. It says, it says because if, if, if you do that, it's just going to make you lose control, but instead, keep on being filled with the Spirit, that, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Instead of, instead of going to alcohol or chocolate or whatever your issue is, instead of being medic- medicating your issues by all these natural things that the world gives us, Paul is saying, here's what you need to do. And I want you to catch, it's so important, you need to keep on being filled 
with the Spirit. Keep on being filled. It's not a one-time event. It is a daily filling that you need. So important. The, the, the first baptism is a one-time event. The second baptism is a one-time event. But this third baptism is an ongoing event in the believer's life that God expects you to experience daily. He wants you to be saturated with the Holy Spirit daily. Now, when it says to be filled with the, with the Spirit, a lot of us get this visual picture that, that we're filling up a tank or we're filling up a container, but that's not the word picture in the Greek language. Uh, actually, a sponge helps us to describe what the Bible is saying. What the Bible says when it says be filled with the Spirit, it's like, it's like taking a sponge and putting it in a liquid and allowing the sponge to absorb that liquid. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that our lives would become the sponge and that we would allow the Holy Spirit to saturate and to overwhelm our lives. But, but here's the problem. And some of you have experienced that. And you're saying, yeah, Pastor, that, I know that changed my life, but, but you did it back in 1908, and it's 2016. And what happened is you were filled once, but then life began to squeeze on you. Pressure came, and financial problems came, and relational problems came, and all the issues and the hell of life, it just kind of squeezed it squeezed, it squeezed the very life and the power out of you. And, and then what happened? You know what happened? What happened? You know what we did? We said, oh, well, maybe I'll just go medicate with some alcohol. Maybe I'll go get some chocolate and drown my, my misery in my chocolate. Whatever it is. We, we all have our go-to things. Come on, this is, might be porn for you. I don't know what it is. It's not a funny issue. It's a serious issue. We all take then our lives and we try to go fill it with the, with, with the world solution. And here's what, here's what God is saying. Here's what he's saying. You need to, you need to go back into the solution, the, the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. It's a daily thing. It's what you've got to be doing daily. So here's how we're going to wrap up this service. So how do I receive the Holy Spirit? It's so simple. We make it so hard. It's just two things. In closing, I'll give it to you. Number one, just request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice Luke chapter 11, verse 13. It says, so if you simple people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? When's the last time you asked, Father, fill me, saturate me, O Holy Spirit, fill my life? God says, if you'll ask, when's the last time? I know you know how to ask for that double shot, but have you asked for, for the control and influence of the Holy Spirit? He says, I'll give it to you. I'm not evil like you. I'll do it if you'll just ask me. We just got to start asking God for this in feeling. And then secondly... Secondly, it's so important, so important. Some of you ought to get excited. Act like you're happy. I'm getting ready to close now. You can wake up. Tap your neighbor and say, I think he's about ready to close. This is life-changing stuff. This is stuff that changed my life. This church all my life, it wasn't working. When I understood this, game was on. Life was on. 
didn't get better. It didn't, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't happen all in one night, but little by little, just stand with it. This gets better. The Bible says the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. In other words, it just gets better and better. If you'll do what we're teaching and not be looking for magic, but be looking for truth to apply to your life, I'm here to tell you your life's going to get better. Next week is going to be better than it is this week, and the next month is going to be better than it was. Come on. Here, here it is. I, I know. Here it is. Number two, relate to the Holy Spirit. This is, this is huge. We talked about this last week, relate to the Holy Spirit. Here's the verse. Paul ending 2 Corinthians with a prayer here. It's his benediction. He says, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Paul wants you to know this about Jesus. He wants you to know his amazing grace. How many of you are thankful for the grace of Jesus? You didn't get what you deserved. Come on, that's amazing. How many of you are thankful you didn't get what you deserve? That's amazing. And then, and, then, and then he wants you to understand the extravagant love of God. Oh, while you was yet a sinner, God loved. Does anybody, is anybody excited about the love of the Father when he could have turned his back on you? For God so loved the... Paul says, oh, that you would understand this extravagant love. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Somebody needs to hear that today. But notice what he says about the Holy Spirit. He says that you would have this intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you talked to the Holy Spirit? He's God. If he's a person, then you talk to him. If I went years without talking to my wife, I wouldn't have much of a relationship, and her influence would not be impacting my life. And some of you are wondering, why isn't the Holy Spirit impacting my life? It's because you're probably busy filling your life with other things instead of saying, Holy Spirit, I need your comfort. Holy Spirit, would you teach me the things of the Father? You know, I pray that prayer every day. Teach me the things of the Father. Holy Spirit, I need your comfort today. I need your strength today. I need your inside information. Help me, Holy Spirit. And you know what? When you are treating him like a person and you are in relationship with him, when you have intimacy with him, he begins to influence your life. You'll be going throughout the day, and you'll hear that voice of the Spirit saying, you need to go here. You need to do that. You need to call this person. Oh, don't do that. There's trouble up there. Watch out for them. Come on. Don't marry, don't marry that person. Some of you need to get that revelation right there. Some of you married people, you should, oh, Jesus. Come on. How many of you received this today? You get this today? It's in that intimacy. It's in that intimacy that you have. That the Holy Spirit saturates your life, overwhelms your life, brings power to your life, and now you have power to live out this Christian life on planet Earth. Wow, wow, wow. What if life could be easier than what, you're, than what you've made it? I'm here to tell you, we've made it more difficult than what God has ever intended this life to be. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes all over this congregation at all of our campuses. And I, 
I believe there's people in this room today and perhaps in Fresno and Clovis. You you don't really need the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. You need the the first baptism. You just simply need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that's you here today and you've never made that step, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, then I want to lead you in a prayer. I want to give that opportunity first. That's that's really the only baptism you need to, to go to heaven. And thank God for that. And if that's what you need today, I'm going to give you that opportunity as I look all over this congregation. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus today. Hands are going up all over in Clovis here. Fresno, Madeira, just raise it up. Hold it up just for a moment. Raise it up. Hold it up just for a moment. Hands going up everywhere in every section. You can put your hands down at all of our locations. I want you to pray this prayer. If you lifted your hand or you should have lifted your hand, if you've never experienced Jesus in your life, you've never surrendered your life to him, You've never experienced this first baptism. Would you pray this prayer and mean it with everything that's within you? Say, Father God. Come on, yell it out loud. Say, Father God, today I give you my life. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me. And today I put my trust in him. Jesus be my Lord. Jesus be my Savior. Father God. With your help, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, somebody celebrate all those that just received the baptism of Christ. Come on, let's give it up. Heaven's partying. Heaven's throwing a party right now. So excited. I'm going to ask you to stand here in Clovis, there in Fresno, Madeira, at all of our campuses. Please, nobody leaving. I want to pray with you before we let you go today. And it's so important to understand that that what you've been taught today as you're going home or at your house today or tomorrow when you get up or whenever, that, that you need to apply this to your life. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? I can't do it for you. I'm going to pray for you and invite you into that. But here's what you need to do is you need to ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. You need to give the invitation to him in your life. And then I can't be with you every day. It's a big enough job just keeping my life in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But here's what you need to do. You need to get up in the morning and you need to relate to him. In other words, you need to have an intimate relationship. It is absolutely the most important relationship you could ever have. And I'm here to tell you, if that relationship isn't right, your other relationships will never be right. If you want a great marriage, if you want great relationships in your life, then have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit because he is your helper. Father, I pray for all of our campuses, for all of our people, that, Father, as they ask and give invitations, that, Father, you would baptize people in the Holy Spirit. And that, Father, this would not just be a one-time event, But God, daily we would relate to the Holy Spirit and and, and act and live like he exists in our life. And and that, Father, as as we're building that relationship, God, I thank you that the, the Spirit is going to become influential in our life. He's going to saturate us, and he's going to overwhelm us, and he's going to transform us into the person that you've called us to be. God, thank you that there is power to live this Christian life 
out. And Father, I pray that this would go from a message into the application of our daily walk, that, Lord, our lives would become better and better and better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.